0: The Oklahoma City Thunder get their season started off with a loss in Game 1 of 82. The Thunder went to Utah. They went to Salt Lake City, played the Utah Jazz, and got blown out in this game. Did not have a great showing from beyond the arc. But the rookies all showed up from this rookie class. How Josh Giddey, Trey Mann, and Jeremiah -er Robinson-Earl gave a glimpse into the future for the Thunder. The small ball lineup was in full effect. The rotations were weird. We'll talk about all of it on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day.
1: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: let's get it going on the locked on thunder podcast on the locked on podcast network your teams every day i'm your host Anand and i chief over at thundersontings.com media member rylan styles you can follow me on twitter at rylan underscore styles follow the show on twitter at l o thunder and email the show l o thunder at gmail.com call into the show 405-362-7128 on today's show brought to you by mcdonald's this locked on thunder episode is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to uh, get tasty, affordable food. It's, the, it's an unofficial community center. As a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's, as always, for being there for all of us in the community. I'm loving it, as always, at McDonald's. We're going to dive into the Thunder game against the Utah Jazz as the Thunder lose this one 107-86. to 86. The good, the bad, the ugly. Big takeaways tonight. The lineup rotations, the small ball defense, Darius Baisley, Josh Giddey, Trey Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Tail Maladon, and so much more. Those are the highlights we're going to all get into. But first, we start the way we always do with our game overview. In this game, the Jazz were without Trent Forrest and Rudy Gay. That was expected. Forrest is in concussion protocol. Rudy Gay still recovering from a previous injury. The Thunder were fully healthy. And we got the starting center for this game. It was SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddey, Darius Baisley, and Derek Favors. Mark says that favors are starting due to number one, the stability that he brings to the Thunder. And number two, due to the homecoming nature of this being a game in Utah where he spent the majority of his career. The, th- the Jazz started Mike Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neill, Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert. Game one of 82, the Thunder have the youngest roster in the NBA 23 years and 217 days. The only players inactive tonight were Aaron Wiggins and Paul Watson Jr. They were inactive because they did not want to use a day of their two way deal. You only get 50 game days. In the NBA, on that two-way deal, they knew they weren't going to play, so they were inactive, but it was not because of a health thing. There was a moment in this game at halftime where the game was within 12 points, and then the Utah Jazz caught fire from the three and had a great third quarter to go up 19 points. Oklahoma City loses again, 107-86. to Now, what were the big things from this game? Number one was the rotations, and we talked about this yesterday on the preview show. The rotations will be a big deal for a long time now, for for the whole season, really. But again, we don't want to overreact to one game because look at last year, whenever guys like Kenneth Williams were not playing early on and then they ended up being a huge part with the Thunder wanting to do that season. So we don't want to go too far into it in terms of reactions, but it is important to note Isaiah Roby uh, came in with the starters, taking out, of course, Derek Favors. He was the first center off the bench. Trey Mann was the first player off the bench, uh, taking off Josh Giddy had a lineup where it was SGA, Dort, Mann, Baisley, and then Roby at the center spot because he took off favors. So that was uh, kind of where the lineup was. That was very surprising because if you remember, Trey Mann had some struggles early on in camp and in the first preseason game of getting a shot off and catching up to the speed of the NBA, uh, an issue that he's quickly adjusted to. And that should have been taken lightly. I know this was a blowout loss and, and all all seems doom and gloom whenever you lose, uh, you know, 107 to 86. But uh, something that was very uh, impressive was Trey Mann's ability to really adjust the NBA game to game. He's only been in five NBA games. You can count the four preseason games on this one. And, and he's looked really good uh, as of late. So it's interesting to see that he already earned the spot in the rotation. I, for one, thought, hey, maybe this is a candidate to go to the blue and really get his feet wet down there professionally. Maybe that's still the plan, but maybe it isn't with him starting this way early on in the rotation and being a priority player in that rotation. The lineup also went to SGA, Trey Mann, Pokoshevsky, Kenny Hussle, Isaiah Roby, because SGA played pretty much the entire first quarter. Maldon came in with about 34 seconds left in the, f- in the first quarter, but SGA pretty much took the entire first quarter. The second unit looked like Tail Malbon, uh, Trey Mann, Pogoshevsky, Williams, Roby. And then, of course, later on, Jerry takes the place of Roby. We saw minutes where it was Josh Giddy uh, in there as well, at Tail Maldon, and Trey Mann. Uh, Mark played 11 players in the first half. The only players who did not play was Mike Muscala and Gabriel Deck, and he also did not play... Ty Jerome or Vitt in the first half. Ty Jerome did not play at all in this game. Either do Gabrielle Deck or Mike Muscala, uh, but the two-way players, of course, weren't active. Vitt Critchie got his NBA debut. It was good to just simply see him back on the floor tonight. Uh, of course, he plays only three minutes and does not log a stat, but uh, coming off the ACL injury from about a year uh, and a month ago at this point, it was good to see him play and just rip it on the floor of an NBA game. And we'll see how much that kind of continues this year. I think that was a product of just the scoreboard and not rotation. So we'll see if he kind of sticks in there Friday or not. I think it'll play mostly with the blue this year, but if you can get him in in a blowout game and just have him get his feet wet, why wouldn't you do that? The interesting storyline though from the rotations was that Trey Mann, I should say that Ty Jerome did not play at all. And this is going to be part of the tough test for Mark, right? The Thunder are not trying to win games. It's been, it's been pretty clear. They, they're projected last on every you know, credible website. Uh, they're, they're not going to win many ballgames this year. But within this season, your goal is going to be to develop players and to figure out ways to get, to maximize your team in terms of player development. And unlike last year, the Thunder have a ton of guys who you were interested in. Think about last year, how many lineups that market there out there where you cared about maybe one of the five guys out there, sometimes none of the five guys you cared about out there on the floor. This year, this team is deep, not in the sense of a deep, playoff roster, but a deep roster of development. And so there's going to be nights where guys like Ty Jerome, who we are all fascinated by and want to see and want to have him develop long term for the Thunder, simply don't play. And it it's kind of twofold, right? On one hand, it's good to have this many young players because it creates interesting games like tonight, where tonight was a blowout game, but yet you still found some things to watch for Trey Mann in the later stages of this game. Josh Giddy in the later stages of this game. Jeremiah Robson Earl playing well in the second half. You, you still got to stick around for this game and be entertained, even though, though the scoreboard was so lopsided because of the plethora of young players. But on the other hand, it relegates guys like Ty Jerome to the bench. And it's how I don't really find ways that a guy like Mike Muscala or Gabriel Deck get that much run with this team because of the simple fact that they're, they're really just not high priority. If you're going to rank them, if you create your list of guys you want to see the Thunder develop, those two guys fall at the bottom. I mean, they just do. Uh, so handling their rotations would be interesting to go with. I agree with the decision not to just throw him in there for the three minutes of garbage time. You'd rather have that to vet. But I don't really uh, agree with him not playing at all. However, it's a very hard job to, to manage all these all these players. Because if you think about it, if you're just putting, building a timeline, a, ro- a rotational timeline, you played Favors, man, Giddy, Pokoshevsky, Malvon, Baisley, Dort, Get Alexander, Roby, Williams, Robert Earl, and then of course Vitt, but only me count vet. Who of that group would you would you rather have not play? It's, it's tough to kind of take somebody out because they all provide so much. But like Kenny Hustle, while uh, you don't want to see him This sense of development, because like he kind of is what he is at this point. He's a he was a nice three-point shooter last year and has gone one of two so far this year. A great hustle player and a great defender. While he's not really Kenny Hustle is not really the player that you want to see develop. He is a player that provides leadership and provides that glue factor for a very young squad. You need some of those players. You can't just play five teenagers out there, or else they're going to get crushed with no real structure and no real um, real development opportunity. So it's a very delicate walk for Mark in this Thunder rotation. And there's going to be some nights where maybe Tim Alba doesn't play. And instead, it's it's Ty Jerome. So seeing how he manages that moving forward, I do not think that Ty Jerome would never play again. So it's a it's an interesting note, but it's a note to move forward with where who does he take out of the rotation whenever it is time for him to play. Now, the Thunder, of course, went small in this game as we knew they were. Darius Baisley had a, had a better game than the box were even shows. Josh Giddy was good tonight. All the rookies were. Trey Mann, Josh Giddy, Jeremiah Cyril. We're all good. We'll dive into all those players, plus Tim Allen and some other uh, facts about this game, including the interesting box score that this game presents, even though it was a huge blowout loss for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Of course, the record, the standings, the scoreboard does not matter for the Thunder this year, uh, but there was a lot of good takeaway from the night as well, like Darius Baisley, who, who was really improved tonight. And we'll talk about that coming up at first right now. we good friends over at McDonald's. McDonald's is incredible. This episode of Locked on Thunder is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose is the place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you want uh, and you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. Listen, McDonald's is awesome. I personally love the McDonald's breakfast. Uh, you, you remember back in Little League, you would go to McDonald's after a big win or stopping by McDonald's on a long road trip. And again, even the Wi Fi factor is a big, big deal. I remember one time getting my tires changed and just walking over to a McDonald's so I can continue to do work my cars in the shop and, uh, it's just awesome. Birthday parties in the Playhouse back in the day were incredible. McDonald's is where you want to go. So head over to your local McDonald's right now to refuel, to recharge. And did somebody say Locked On Thunder watch parties? See you at McDonald's pretty soon. But up, but i am loving it. We are back on Lockdown Thunder Podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network. Your teams every day. Talk about the rotation. It was a fascinating discovery that Tydrome didn't play, but it's not overly sensitive right now, and we'll see how that progresses moving forward. Darius Baisley, though, really good tonight. The shot chart for Darius Baisley. You know, you, you look at you look at the box score, and Darius Baisley, while he has good numbers in terms of you know points and, and rebounds compiled. He only shoots 34, 35% from the field and 14% from three. However, he had an end-of-the-shot clock force-up shot. He, ha- he had multiple of those. A step-back shot where maybe he shouldn't have taken that one. A, you know, a, a drive-in step-back mid-range shot where maybe he shouldn't have taken that one on, on an air ball. Uh, but he also had some fantastic shots, like the cutting, the cutting dunk on an SGA dump-off where he gets hacked by Whiteside and nails it. Uh, you, it. The aggressive drive by Bogdanovich and a slam while Whiteside, again, fouls him on that play a great cut down the middle of the lane for a slam uh, Basley sprinting the length of the floor into end to hit a buzzer beater layup from Uh it hit a wide open three and then missed the wide open three so he had he had explainable shots on the misses even though he finishes one of seven uh from three and 35 percent from the floor a lot of those three-point shots were advised again there's only the really two shots of those uh, 14 that i'm thinking ah I probably shouldn't have done that one right it's it's the mid-range fade away and it's the step-back three. Probably should have taken those two shots. You take away two of the 14, goes five of, goes five of 12. It looks a little bit different, feels a little bit different, but Basley was really, really good tonight and way more aggressive. And, and you could tell being aggressive was a point of emphasis for him this, this game, and it created those, those questionable looks early on, but then he settled in, and he was able to balance that aggressiveness with being under control. Hard thing to do uh, for any player, and Basley did a good job of it tonight. Goes four of five from the, from the free throw line, which is a big deal uh, for Baisley. You know that you know getting to the free throw line really elevates you as a score. And so if Baisley can do that with his aggressiveness, it'll pay dividends for him long-term. Very happy with what Darius Baisley did in this game. In 30 minutes tonight, he's one of the Thunder's best players. And this is a huge season. This is a make-or-break type of season for Darius Baisley. I've been saying it all summer long. It'll define the direction the Thunder want to go with him. Do They want to keep him as a building block the way that i describe him as or you want to use him as a sweetener in a trade long term or or a nice role player not really think twice about him how are they going to view theirs basically after this season will largely be defined by this season that's why it's a make or break uh, type of year perceptionally you're already seeing some of the thunder fan base turn against theories basically so this year is important for him and it started off on a good foot Uh, even without the even with this, you know, the poor shooting splits that were easily explainable, it's, it's a good night for Darius Baisley and then the building block Baisley committee, if I do say so myself. Josh Giddy was good tonight. A record-breaking night for Josh Giddy. Hit a nice runner uh, for his first points on the board, and he tried it again later on in the game. The, the floater, the runner, that will be a great weapon for him moving forward as a playmaker. Once this team gets a rim runner uh, and just a singer you can put in there to do that rim running stuff, With his playmaking ability, his ability to hit floaters and also kind of keep the defense guessing okay, is this a floater or is this a lob to the big? Like that will just create such a dynamic in the two man game that allows the Thunder offense to have an edge and and, and find exploitation of the defense. Which, when you look at its roster right now, how do they just, how do they exploit defenses? How do they stretch out defenses? How do they put pressure on defenses? It's hard to come by. That's an area where the Thunder can do that uh, with the right pieces around Josh Giddy. Record-breaking night from the from the glass. 10 rebounds is the most rebounds in a Thunder debut. Uh, four points, three assists, 20%, uh, 28% from the floor, and then no three-point attempts. The, the big thing here from Josh Giddey's night was the rebounding. Again, like Baisley, two of seven from the floor, not, not a ton of shots that you wish that he had back, right? Not a ton of shots that you wish he didn't take. So it's kind of explainable with the poor shooting splits. Played a really good defensive team on the road, NBA debut a lot of context that goes into these numbers. Now the kind of talking point tonight and and today and moving forward until we get to the, until we get to the Rockets game will be the fact that he shared the floor with him out And a lot of the times mountain was the ball handler. And there's two schools of thoughts on this. Number one, what we discussed in the pregame show yesterday, you to, to maximize how good this team can be. You should stagger Giddy and Shea's minutes as the ball handler, because they're going to set you up long-term for success offensively. So I think that Josh Giddy should have gotten more ball-handling opportunities tonight. That's one school of thought. What the Thunder did tonight was have him play more off-ball, even with him out on the floor. And the reason behind that school of thought would just simply be, look, long-term, we want to put Giddy in those spots with Shea. We want him and Shea to be able to work and coexist together for the length of a game. And as rotations get shorter, when you return to the postseason, you know, in two years and three years, whenever that is, we all know in the postseason, you play a half-court style of game, and your rotations shrink from 13 or 12 tonight to you know, all the way down to eight in the postseason. So managing that, if you're only playing eight guys, and Josh Giddey is one of your top blue-chip building blocks that have to be on the floor for you to win basketball games, it'll be with your max contract player in Shea. So why even worry about adjusting that role whenever right now what we should be focusing on is his limitation of playing off ball and getting adjusted to how to play off ball. Josh has said since day one, he has never played with a lead guard before. He's always been that guy. He's only 19 years old now as recently as a couple weekends ago. So whenever you look at the big picture, you can understand why that happened. Even as we wish it didn't happen, right? Even as we wish, Hey, I wish we could have seen more, Josh Giddy playing a few moments. Well, the Thunder kind of already know he can do that, right? Like it, it's kind of, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Hey, this guy can lead your second unit. When you're not trying to maximize winning a basketball game and trying to maximize development, what is better for Josh Giddy's development? That's what you gotta ask yourself. And, and you might still come to the conclusion that it's being the lead ball handler for the second unit. You might side with what the Thunder did tonight and we'll see where they go from here. It's only one game. It's only one usage of Josh Giddy. It happened a lot in the preseason as well though. So it kind of Leads us to believe, hey, this is kind of the trend that they want to use with Josh Giddy, where he's always going to be that secondary creator. He'll get opportunities to create, he'll get opportunities to play, make an the ball, but it'll always be secondary no matter who the guard is. It'll be interesting to follow along with. I'm not going to freak out about it, as many people are right now, because I can see both sides of it, even though personally, if I was that head coach, I'd do it a different way, but I'm not a head coach. And I'm just here to try to help explain it to all of you and make it easier or funner or better to be a Thunder fan. Uh, thank you again for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning and every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. Trey Mann also had a fantastic night as a rookie. He had a step back three for his first NBA bucket over uh, a, a great defender. Trey Mann tonight also going to tie up on the defensive end with, with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he hit off the dribble mid-range shots. He had just a great move to get around two defenders with his dribble. But sadly, in the post, he kind of dribbled off his foot a bit. But if he could keep his dribble and not go off of somebody's foot, either his or I think it was the defender's foot, Rudy Bears' foot, he would have had an open look at the basket, which he created all by himself. He's a great shot creator. But the most impressive part of tonight's game was not the step-back threes. It was not him getting his shot off of the mid-range shot and being more comfortable shooting the ball as he goes four for seven from the floor and one for two from beyond the arc and pours in nine points and gets an assist and a steal and a block. The most impressive thing tonight was a possession where Trey Mann is around that break of the three-point line and he lines up a three, it, it's a good look. It's a look where if he lets it go, nobody says anything. Make or miss, nobody cares. Everyone agrees, that's a good look. You know, At, at some point, you got to let your shooter shoot, that's a good look. There was a player kind of rushing towards him, but he's still enough to, time and enough of a window to shoot the ball, and have nobody complain if it, if it missed. And so as a shooter, as a naturally born scorer, as somebody who your whole basketball life, you've been the guy to get the bucket, to pass up a good look that nobody would argue with the next day in film or the next day on Twitter, and pass up for a great shot for your guy in SGA, your, your max contract guy, that awareness, that maturity, very impressive for a guy in his NBA debut who looked at, Touch lost his first preseason game, and since then has had incredible strides. As we mentioned at the top of the show, watching him mature from game one of his career to five, you know, in this stretch here, preseason to the NBA regular season debut, has been shocking. And not because you didn't believe in John, in, in Trey Mann. I, I've said all along, you let Trey Mann shoot because if he goes one for five tonight, we know he's a great shooter. The next night, you can go four for five from three, and and, and he breaks the game open for you. Uh, you know, everyone knows what Trey Man can do skill-wise and ability-wise, but not a lot of players can make that quick of an adjustment to the NBA and can make that quick of a leap in five games, four of which were preseason. The overturn from the way that he looks, where he doesn't look overwhelmed anymore, and he doesn't look shocked anymore, and he looks under control like he belongs there already. Not a ton of players can do that, and the ones that can, typically— Pan out to be special. And Trey Mann was really, really good tonight. Really good. We'll talk about his fellow rookie, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and so much more from tonight's game coming up. But first, I want to say right now, they are good friends over at Calm. So Calm is really good. Do You want to know what makes LeBron James King James? It's simply sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. It has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on the physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. It's the mental fitness. Calm is then one app for sleep and meditation. It has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become a champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your body is like any other muscle in your body as your mind is like any other bus- muscle in your body, but... You don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on the leaves to the bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me in this into sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for my challenge, end quote. So if you head to calm.com slash NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves and so much more. Like sleep stories and meditations, so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. That's calm.com slash locked on MBA. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron James in using calm to get a 40% discount on a calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, erase stress, and sleep better. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on. NBA what to tell you right now, We're good friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. Works up to 7 days per use dry shirt guarantee. If if Sweatblock does not keep you dry, you get your money back. Not just for armpits, but it's also for chest, back, feet, hands, use it anywhere. And I mean anywhere that sweats. Whether it's a hot date or a big presentation, or just simply milling around town. You don't want to be drenching with sweat. It's not appealing for you. It's not comfortable for you. And it's not the look you want to go with. So to stop that, go to sweatblock.com. You can find sweatblock on Amazon, which is it's the number one antiperspirant category on Amazon right now. You can also find it at your local CVS. However, with sweatblock, which you need, especially in Oklahoma, where it's always humid, always hot for 90% of the year, you need to go to sweatblock.com and use our code locked on. That's our code locked on at sweatblock.com for 20% off. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single day. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball with host Josh Lloyd You need a set for the fantasy season. You can still draft your teams now if you haven't already, or... You can listen to him tell you how to manage your roster throughout the year, who is going to be a surprise, who's going to be a dud, who's going to have great games that night. He'll recap it all and preview it all on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I think he turns out like five shows a day. I'm not exaggerating on that. Go check it out. Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Again, both podcasts are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. Subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from. And thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day on Locked On Thunder. Now, Jeremiah robinson Earl was really good tonight. He looked like a grizzled vet tonight, and I, I want more JRE minutes, and I'll say that almost no matter how much he plays because I just love watching Jeremiah Rumpstner play, but 13 minutes was not enough for JRE. Uh, he had some great backdoor cuts, really good shooter from beyond the arc. We're really comfortable and a better defender than what we've seen at the small ball position. Goes two for three from three on a great pick-and-pop game. That really spaces the floor and helps open up the Thunder Uh, offense especially whenever they're getting played drop coverage on like they were tonight against Utah Uh, four of six from the floor 10 points tonight two rebounds one foul remember four foul night against the Bucs during his first career start four quick ones and so tonight with that same kind of energy your first NBA game your first NBA debut against a tough uh, physical center in Rudy Gobert and a tough physical team in Utah only one foul tonight that was big for him to adjust to that that quickly much like we talked about Trey Mann adjusting to the NBA Jerry's adjusted the same way, and, and whenever you have that you have that ability to develop that quickly, it's typically a good sign long-term. Now, one player uh, who did not have a great game was Tal Malbon. Uh, not a good first half from him, uh, missed many open looks, one of 5 from the floor, 0-3 for 3 from beyond the arc, and a turnover in just 11 minutes, and this caused an outrage from Thunder Twitter, and with Darius Baisley uh, playing better tonight, and I think going to play better for the rest of the season... Uh, Taylor Malvin can quickly become the next Darius Space because the Thunder fan base was already uh, having some unseemly takes about Taylor Malvin, a year removed from crowning him as the sixth man of the year of the future. Um, he, he did not have a good night tonight. Finished with four points, three assists, two rebounds, and two turnovers in 21 minutes. Handled the ball a lot when Giddy was on the floor as he mentioned before. Uh, I I think that it was a bad night for for Taylor Malvin. I won't sugarcoat it. and. Unlike the other box scores, it's hard to excuse the one for six shooting because of how many of them were such quality looks, but it's also one game and you you kind of have to walk the line of overreacting in either direction from one game. I'm not ready to say you throw him out of the picture long-term, but I'm also ready to say that you, you probably need to, if you were somebody who was kind of overwhelmed last year with the hope that he could be some starting point guard in the NBA, I think that last year it was clear, and also tonight it was clear, and this preseason has been clear, that he's a quality backup point guard, And it's a matter of is he your sixth man or is he your 10th and 11th man? And that's what we're watching for this year with Dan Albon. I think that that's kind of the area that we're going to go with him. And, and tonight kind of validated that a little bit, but again, it's only one game. And, and I don't think that you should make any kind of rash decision, especially with how quality maldon looked last year we can go back and forth and quibble with the words you want to use about last year's performance from, from maldon he looked like a quality player if you actually watch him play and not like his box score looks like a quality player so to go from quality to very bad last you know last night or tonight you know th- th- that is something that just doesn't happen right in in the form of a season to a season he'll still be a quality player it's just a matter of if you had hopes from being a long-term starter or something of course you'll be disappointed tonight and you'll be disappointed. Uh, for a long time, he's going to be a good bench player, and that's kind of it. This game was interesting. Derek Favors missed a ton of bunnies, and Derek Favors was not good tonight. I don't know if he was emotional from you know returning to Utah. He goes two of nine from the floor, and a lot of them were very great looks that he just blew uh, himself. Gets nine rebounds though, plays solid defensively. Uh, it was a lot better whenever he's on the floor. It felt like. We'll have to check that on the tape tomorrow morning. And yes, I'm a sick puppy that will watch this game three more times. Uh, well, you don't have to, and go over this game over and over again. Uh, but Derek Favors was not good tonight. But he's a veteran, and you know what to expect from him, and he'll have good nights and he'll have bad nights, and it's just a thing. Lou Dorton, Donovan Mitchell, though, it was fun basketball. I, I wish we could have just seen them play one-on-one because both ends of the floor, with Mitchell chasing Dort and Dort chasing Mitchell, it was fun to watch those two go out head-to-head. Uh, Vitt making his debut, good for him. Uh, of course, the ACL thing sucks, and it's, it's glad that he's just back playing basketball in general. The Thunder, when two of 35, I should say seven of 35, felt like two of 35, seven of five from three. You won't win games like that. Utah was 14 of 47 from three. Uh, they caught fire from three in the third quarter, but other than that, the Thunder did a good job of keeping them off the glass, uh, keeping them off the three-point line, which was the key to the game. The key of the game was to keep the, the Jazz contained from three, and then you catch fire from three. The Thunder offense didn't keep their end of the bargain, but the Thunder defense did a pretty good job from three on Utah, but left, left open a ton. I mean, a ton of wide-open looks uh, from their small-ball defense, which we'll get into tomorrow. More in depth on that tomorrow. Uh, Oklahoma City was once down by 26 points. They were only out rebound, but despite the small ball offense and the small ball lineups, were only out rebound by one rebound on the glass against Utah. They also only had one more uh, assist than Utah. They had two fewer steals and three fewer blocks than Utah. And Oklahoma City had four more turnovers than Utah did. Points in the paint. Utah won that matchup 50 to 46. Second chance points, Utah won 15-11. to uh, Oklahoma City did not allow a fast break point, and that's the benefit of playing small because you can be better on that transition defense and kind of limit the fast breaks. But all of those were pretty even categories for the Thunder and Utah. What killed Oklahoma City was the shooting splits. Utah, shooting splits, 44-29-86. The field, the three, and the free throw. Oklahoma City, 37-20-61. That's the tale of the game. Of course, my bet of the day, was thunder plus 12 and a half and we are back folks you know the struggle last year betting on nba games and we're zero and one to start the year my money ball pick of the day was lou dort and lou dort went one of six but trey Mann, if you had trey Mann in the contest you won because he goes two of three and he wins the money ball of the game the mvp of the game i'll give it to basely it's a good game from Basley, and i and i enjoyed watching a dare play in this one so we go 0 up 2 on the games. We lose by the day and we lose the money ball, but Bailey did win the MVP. So that's good for the brand. Uh, and we, we had a fun time recapping this game. On tomorrow's show, we will preview the Rockets game. And Saturday, we're going to recap the Rockets game. Sunday, we'll have a recap of the 76ers game. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be here preview both those games, talk about the small ball uh, offense and defense from this game, and dive into more about this game, plus our week one takeaways and overreactions. By that time, Everyone in the NBA will have played. We'll get the overreaction, to some Thunder basketball and some NBA basketball. It's a fun, fun, fun opening week. So this has been a delight so far. It's why the NBA is the best league. It's why we love this league. It's been so great seeing the Celtics in double, double overtime. The ending of that Kings game was awesome. The Hornets' comeback was awesome. We had so many great games, and we are still a little bit away, hours away at this point, from Luka taking on Trey Young. That'll be a fun matchup as well in TNT. We'll have the conclusion of the top 75 player list tonight on TNT to see all the Thunder representation, which I think the were only missing. Russell Westbrook and probably Carmelo Anthony is on that list as well. So those two guys, I think are the only ones missing so far from the list. Other than that, it's been announced by now uh, in terms of Thunder representation. That'll be fun as well. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning. We're here for you every single day. Subscribe for free on all platforms, including on YouTube and Really appreciate you sticking with this podcast specifically as my voice is just shot tonight. I have a very, very sore throat. Anyway, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.
1: Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on
0: Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.